0: HERO AND LEANDER by Christopher Marlowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Copeland. HERO AND LEANDER by Christopher Marlowe. THE FIRST CESTIAN On Hellespont, guilty of true love's blood, In view and opposite two cities stood, Sea borderers disjoined by Neptune's might. The one Abydos the other cestus height. At Cestus hero dwelt, hero the fair, whom young Apollo courted for her hair and offered as a dower his burning throne, where she should sit for men to gaze upon. The outside of her garments were of lawn, the lining purple silk with gilt stars drawn her wide sleeves green and bordered with a grove where venus in her naked glory strove to please the careless and disdainful eyes of proud adonis that before her lies her kirtle blue, whereon was many a stain made with the blood of wretched lovers slain upon her head she wear a myrtle wreath from whence her veil reached to the ground beneath her veil was artificial flowers and leaves whose workmanship both man and beast deceives Many would praise the sweet smell as she passed, when t'was the odor which her breath forthcast. And there, for honey, bees have sought in vain, and beat from thence, have lighted there again. About her neck hung chains of pebble-stone, which lightened by her neck like diamond shone. She wear no gloves, for neither sun nor wind would burn or parch her hands, but to her mind or warm or cool them, for they took delight to play upon those hands they were so white buskins of shells all silvered used she and branched with blushing coral to the knee where sparrows perched of hollow pearl and gold such as the world would wonder to behold those with sweet water oft her handmaid fills which as she went would chirrup to the bills some say for her the fairest cupid bind and looking in her face was stricken blind but this is true So like was one the other, as he imagined Hero was his mother, and oftentimes into her bosom flew, about her naked neck his bare arms threw, and laid his childish head upon her breast, and with still panting rocked, there took his rest. So lovely fair was Hero, Venus none, as nature wept, thinking she was undone, because she took more from her than she left, and of such wondrous beauty her bereft. Therefore in sign her treasure suffered rack, since hero's time hath half the world been black. Amorous Leander, beautiful and young, whose tragedy divine Museus sung, dwelt at Abydos, since him dwelt there none for whom succeeding times make greater moan. His dangling tresses that were never shorn, had they been cut and under Colchis born, would have allured the venturous youth of Greece to hazard more than for the golden fleece. Fair Cynthia wished his arms might be her sphere. Grief makes her pale because she moves not there. His body was as straight as Circe's wand. Jove might have sipped out nectar from his hand. Even as delicious meat is to the taste, so was his neck in touching, and surpassed the white of Pelop's shoulder. I could tell ye how smooth his breast was and how white his belly, and whose immortal fingers did imprint that heavenly path with many a curious dint that runs along his back. But my rude pen can hardly blazon forth the loves of men, much less of powerful gods. Let it suffice that my slack muse sings of Leander's eyes, those orient cheeks and lips exceeding his that leapt into the water for a kiss of his own shadow and despising many died ere he could enjoy the love of any at wild hippolytus leander seen enamoured of his beauty had he been his presence made the rudest peasant melt that in the vast uplandish country dwelt the barbarous thracian soldier moved with naught was moved with him and for his favour sought some swore he was a maid in man's attire for in his looks were all that men desire A pleasant smiling cheek, a speaking eye, a brow for love to banquet royally. And such as knew he was a man, would say, Leander, thou art made for amorous play. Why art thou not in love, and loved of all? Though thou be fair, yet be not thine own thrall. The men of wealthy Cestus, every year, for his sake, whom their goddess held so dear, rose-cheeked Adonis, kept a solemn feast thither resorted many a wandering guest to meet their loves, such as had none at all came lovers home from this great festival. For every street like to a firmament glistered with breathing stars, who where they went frighted the melancholy earth, which deemed eternal heaven to burn, for so it seemed, as if another phaeton had got the guidance of the sun's rich chariot. But far above the loveliest hero shined, and stole away the enchanted gazer's mind. For like sea-nymphs in vagling harmony, So was her beauty to the standers-by. Nor that night-wandering pale and watery star, When yawning dragons draw her thirling car From Latmus Mount up to the gloomy sky, Where, crowned with blazing light and majesty She proudly sits, more overrules the flood Than she the hearts of those that near her stood. Even as when gaudy nymphs pursue the chase, Wretched Ixion's shaggy-footed race, incensed with savage heat, gallop amain from steep pine-bearing mountains to the plain, so ran the people forth to gaze upon her, and all that viewed her were enamoured on her. And as in fury of a dreadful fight, their fellows being slain or put to flight, poor soldiers stand with fear of death, dead stricken so at her presence, all surprised and tooken, await the sentence of her scornful eyes." He whom she favors lives, the other dies. There might you see one sigh, another rage, and some, their violent passions to assuage, compile sharp satires. But alas, too late, for faithful love will never turn to hate. And many, seeing great princes were denied, pined as they went, and thinking on her, died. On this feast day, O cursed day and hour, Went hero Thuricestus from her tower to Venus' temple, where, unhappily as after chanced, they did each other spy. So fair a church as this had Venus none. The walls were of discolored jasper stone, wherein was Proteus carved, and o'erhead a lively vine of green sea agate spread, where by one hand light headed Bacchus hung, and with the other wine from grapes outrung how crystal shining fair the pavement was the town of cestus called it venus glass there might you see the gods in sundry shapes committing heady riots incest rapes for know that underneath this radiant floor was Dani's statue in a brazen tower jove slyly stealing from his sister's bed to dally with the delian ganymede and for his love europa bellowing loud and tumbling with the rainbow in a cloud, blood-quaffing Mars heaving the iron net which limping Vulcan with his cyclops set, love kindling fire to burn such towns as Troy, Sylvanus weeping for the lovely boy that now is turned into a cypress tree under whose shade the wood gods love to be, and in the midst a silver altar stood, there, hero sacrificing turtle's blood, Veiled to the ground, veiling her eyelids close And modestly they opened as she rose Thence flew love's arrow with the golden head And thus Leander was enamored Stone still he stood And evermore he gazed Till with the fire that from his countenance blazed Relenting hero's gentle heart was struck Such force and virtue hath an amorous look It lies not in our power to love or hate, For will in us is overruled by fate. When two are stripped, long ere the course begin, We wish that one should lose, the other win, And one especially we do affect of two gold ingots, Like in each respect, the reason no man knows. Let it suffice what we behold is censured by our eyes, Where both deliberate the love is slight, Whoever loved that loved not at first sight. He kneeled, but under her devoutly prayed. Chaste hero to herself thus softly said, Were I the saint he worships, I would hear him. And as she spake those words came somewhat near him. He started up. She blushed as one ashamed, Wherewith Leander much more was inflamed. He touched her hand. In touching it she trembled, Love deeply grounded hardly as dissembled. These lovers parleyed by the touch of hands. True love is mute, and oft amazed stands. Thus, while dumb signs their yielding hearts entangled, The air with sparks of living fire was spangled. And night, deep drenched in misty Acheron, Heaved up her head, and half the world upon breathed darkness forth. Dark night is Cupid's day and now begins leander to display love's holy fire with words sighs and tears which like sweet music entered hero's ears and yet at every word she turned aside and always cut him off as he replied at last like to a bold sharp sophister with cheerful hope thus he accosted her fair creature let me speak without offence i would my rude words had the influence to lead thy thoughts as thy fair looks do mine Then shouldst thou be his prisoner who is thine. Be not unkind and fair. Misshapen stuff are of behavior boisterous and rough. Oh, shun me not, but hear me ere you go. God knows I cannot force love as you do. My words shall be as spotless as my youth, full of simplicity and naked truth. This sacrifice whose sweet perfume descending from venus altar to your footsteps bending doth testify that you exceed her far to whom you offer and whose nun you are why should you worship her her you surpass as much as sparkling diamonds flaring glass a diamond set in lead his worth retains a heavenly nymph beloved of human swains receives no blemish but oft-times more grace which makes me hope although i am but base base in respect of thee divine and pure dutiful service may thy love procure and i in duty will excel all other as thou in beauty dost exceed love's mother nor heaven nor thou were made to gaze upon as heaven preserves all things so save thou one a stately builded ship well rigged and tall the ocean maketh more majestical Why vowest thou to live in Cestus here, Who on love's seas more glorious wouldst appear? Like untuned golden strings all women are, Which long time lie untouched, will harshly jar. Vessels of brass, oft handled, brightly shine. What difference betwixt the richest mine and basest mould but use? For both not used are of like worth. Then treasure is abused when misers keep it, being put alone in time it will return us two for one rich robes themselves and others do adorn neither themselves nor others if not worn who builds a palace and rams up the gate shall see it ruinous and desolate o simple hero learn thyself to cherish lone women like to empty houses perish less sins the poor rich man that starves himself in heaping up a mass of drossy pelf than such as you His golden earth remains, which, after his decease, some other gains. But this fair gem, sweet in the loss alone, when you fleet hence, can be bequeathed to none. Or if it could, down from an enameled sky all heaven would come to claim this legacy, and with intestine broils the world destroy and quite confound nature's sweet harmony. Well, therefore, by their gods, decreed it is we human creatures should enjoy that bliss. One is no number, Maids are nothing then without the sweet society of men. Wilt thou live single still? One shalt thou be, though never singling hymen couple thee. Wild savages that drink of running springs think water far excels all earthly things, but they that daily taste neat wine despise it. Virginity, albeit some highly prize it, compared with marriage, had you tried them both, differs as much as wine and water doth base bullion for the stamp's sake we allow even so for men's impression do we you by which alone our reverend fathers say women receive perfection every way this idol which you term virginity is neither essence subject to the eye no nor to any one exterior sense nor hath it any place of residence nor is it of earth or mould celestial or capable of any form at all of that which hath no being do not boast Things that are not at all and ever lost. Men foolishly do call it virtuous. What virtue is it that is born with us? Much less can honor be ascribed thereto. Honor is purchased by the deeds we do. Believe me, hero, honor is not won until some honorable deed be done. Seek you for chastity, immortal fame, and know that some have wronged Diana's name. Whose name is it, if she be false or not, so she be fair, but some vile tongues will blot. But you are fair I me, so wondrous fair, so young, so gentle, and so debonair, as Greece will think, if thus you live alone, some one or other keeps you as his own. Then hero hate me not, nor from me fly, to follow swiftly blasting infamy. Perhaps thy sacred priesthood makes thee loath. Tell me, to whom madest thou that heedless oath? To Venus, answered she, and as she spake, Forth from those two trelucent cisterns Break a stream of liquid pearl Which down her face made milk-white paths Whereon the gods might trace to Jove's high court. He thus replied, The rites in which love's beauteous empress most delights Are banquets, Doric music, Midnight revel, plays, masks, and all that stern age counteth evil. Thee, as a holy idiot, doth she scorn. For thou, in vowing chastity, hast sworn to rob her name and honor, and thereby commits a sin far worse than perjury, even sacrilege against her deity through regular and formal purity. To expiate which sin, kiss and shake hands. Such sacrifice as this Venus demands. Thereat she smiled, and did deny him so as put thereby, yet might he hope for mo, which makes him quickly reinforce his speech, and her in humble manner thus beseech Though neither gods nor men may thee deserve, yet for her sake whom you have vowed to serve, abandon fruitless cold virginity, the gentle queen of love's sole enemy. Then shall you most resemble Venus none, When Venus' sweet rites are performed and done. Flint-breasted Pallas joys in single life, But Pallas and your mistress are at strife. Love, hero, then, and be not tyrannous, But heal the heart that thou hast wounded thus, Nor stain thy youthful years with avarice, Fair fool's delight to be accounted nice. The richest corn dies if it be not reaped, Beauty alone is lost, too rarely kept. These arguments he used, and many more, Wherewith she yielded, that was won before. Hero's looks yielded, but her words made war. Women are won when they begin to jar. Thus having swallowed Cupid's golden hook, The more she strived, the deeper was she struck. Yet evilly feigning anger strove she still, And would be thought to grant against her will. So having paused a while, at last she said, Who taught thee rhetoric to deceive a maid? I, me, such words as these should I abhor, and yet I like them for the orator. With that Leander stooped to have embraced her, but from his spreading arms away she cast her, and thus bespake him. Gentle youth forbear to touch the sacred garments which I wear, Upon a rock, and underneath a hill, far from the town, where all is whist and still save that the sea, playing on yellow sand, sends forth a rattling murmur to the land, whose sound allures the golden Morpheus in silence of the night to visit us, my turret stands. And there, God knows, I play with Venus, swans, and sparrows all the day. A dwarfish beldam bears me company that hops about the chamber where I lie and spends the night that might be better spent in vain discourse and apish merriment come thither. As she spake this, her tongue tripped, for unwares come thither from her slipped, and suddenly her former color changed, and here and there her eyes through anger ranged, and like a planet moving several ways at one self-instant, she poor soul assays loving not to love at all and every part strove to resist the motions of her heart and hands so pure so innocent nay such as might have made heaven stoop to have a touch did she uphold to venus and again vowed spotless chastity but all in vain cupid beats down her prayers with his wings her vows above the empty air he flings all deep enraged his sinewy bow he bent and shot a shaft that burning from him went wherewith she, stricken looked so dolefully as made love sigh to see his tyranny. And as she wept, her tears to pearly turned and wound them on his arm and for her mourned. Then, towards the palace of the destinies, laden with languishment and grief, he flies, and to those stern nymphs humbly made request, both might enjoy each other and be blessed. But with a ghastly, dreadful countenance Threatening a thousand deaths at every glance, they answered, love, nor would vouchsafe so much as one poor word. Their hate to him was such. Hearken a while, and I will tell you why. Heaven's winged herald, Jove-born Mercury, the selfsame day that he asleep had laid enchanted Argus, spied a country maid, whose careless hair, instead of pearl to adorn it, glistered with dew, as one that seemed to scorn it. Her breath as fragrant as the morning rose her mind pure and her tongue untaught to glows yet proud she was for lofty pride that dwells in towered courts is oft in shepherd's cells and too too well the fair vermilion knew and silver tincture of her cheeks that drew the love of every swain on her this god enamoured was and with his snaky rod did charm her nimble feet and made her stay The while upon a hillock down he lay, And sweetly on his pipe began to play, And with smooth speech her fancy to assay. Till in his twining arms he locked her fast, And then he wooed with kisses, And at last, as shepherds do, Her on the ground he laid, And tumbling in the grass he often strayed Beyond the bounds of shame, In being bold to eye those parts Which no eye should behold. And like an insolent commanding lover, Boasting his parentage, would needs discover the way to new Elysium. But she, whose only dower was her chastity, having striven in vain, was now about to cry and crave the help of shepherds that were nigh. Herewith he stayed his fury and began to give her leave to rise. Away she ran, after went Mercury, who used such cunning as she, to hear his tale, left off her running. Maids are not won by brutish force and might, but speeches full of pleasure and delight and knowing Hermes courted her, was glad that she such loveliness and beauty had as could provoke his liking, yet was mute, and neither would deny nor grant his suit. Still vowed he love, she wanting no excuse to feed him with delays, as women use, or thirsting after immortality, all women are ambitious, naturally, imposed upon her lover such a task as he ought not perform, nor yet she ask, A draught of flowing nectar she requested, wherewith the king of gods and men is feasted. He, ready to accomplish what she willed, stole some from Hebe, Hebe Jove's cup filled, and gave it to his simple rustic love, which being known, as what is hid from Jove, he inly stormed and waxed more furious than for the fire filched by Prometheus, and thrusts him down from heaven he, wandering here, in mournful terms, with sad and heavy cheer, complained to Cupid. Cupid, for his sake, to be revenged on, Jove did undertake, and those on whom heaven, earth, and hell relies, I mean the adamantine destinies, he wounds with love, and forced them equally to dote upon deceitful mercury. They offered him the deadly, fatal knife that shears the slender threads of human life, at his fair feathered feet the engines laid which dearth from ugly chaos then upweighed these he regarded not but did entreat that jove usurper of his father's seat might presently be banished into hell and aged saturn in olympus dwell they granted what he craved and once again saturn and ops began their golden reign murder rape war lust and treachery Wherewith Jove closed in Stygian empery. But long this blessed time continued not. As soon as he his wished purpose got, he, reckless of his promise, did despise the love of the everlasting destinies. They, seeing it, both love and him abhorred, and Jupiter unto his place restored. And, but that learning, in despite of fate, will mount aloft and enter heaven gate, and to the seat of Jove itself advance, Hermes had slept in hell with ignorance, yet as a punishment they added this, that he and poverty should always kiss, and to this day is every scholar poor. Gross gold from them runs headlong to the boor. Likewise the angry sisters, thus deluded, to venge themselves on Hermes, have concluded that Midas brood shall sit in honor's chair, to which the Muses' sons are only heir. And fruitful wits that in aspiring Are shall discontent run into regions far. And few great lords in virtuous deeds shall joy, But be surprised with every garish toy. And still enrich the lofty, servile clown Who with encroaching guile keeps learning down. Then muse not Cupid's suit no better sped, Seeing in their loves the fates were injured. it. End of the First Sestiate.